Hey, thanks for clicking on this video. If you enjoyed part one, you are going to love part two. In part one, we talked about different types of squats and why it is very important for you if you want an increased vertical jump, if you wanna get quicker, and if you wanna get a bigger contract in this game. In part two, we're really gonna go even deeper. We're gonna talk about the different anthropomorphics on maybe what is the best squat for you and your body type, as well as all of the various ways that it can improve your game by improving your physical capabilities, your explosiveness, your strength, and your speed. You do not wanna miss this one. Again, thanks for checking it out. And without any further ado, let's get into the second part of why squatting is important for you to increase your vertical jump, improve your, your knees and get healthier knees, improve your quickness and explosiveness, and have a bigger contract. We are, uh, we are now live, Facebook, inside the Elite Training for Basketball group. Coach Sean, welcome. How you doing? Great, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me again. Doing really good. I, uh, I'm really happy. You know why? Because I figured out how to use the HD camera in the Zoom app here on my computer. Cool. So hopefully I'm coming in a little crisper, a little clearer uh, today. Um, and I decided to, to go lazy over Christmas break and uh, no show last week. Decided to let the beard grow out, show a little of my, hopefully a little wisdom in the, uh, in the grays. But, um, but yeah, I'm ready to talk about squats, dude. I want to get right into it. You feel ready? Let's hit it. Okay. I know we um, uh, like to talk about our own training. Um, so I thought today we could just really quick talk about, hey, what's your PR? What's your squat look like? I, I saw your Instagram post yesterday. Um, I'd love to hear about it. What, what's your PR, back squat, front squat, and, and where are you at now? Uh, just hit some new lifetime PRs. Actually really excited about it. Thank you. Uh, I squatted 405 pounds, which is a uh... I don't know, kilos, but probably 190 or so kilos. Yeah. Uh, pretty happy about that. And then I also front squatted 325 pounds, uh, both for singles. Super excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and then I snatched 200 pounds and clean and jerk 240 pounds. So all lifetime PRs last week. I had a whole week of PRs and training has been going really well, been really consistent and um, super excited about it. And on January 4th, you hit PR. So you have a long year to uh, continue to progress and, and top those numbers. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I think my PR and my squat is around 355. I haven't done it in a long time, maybe 365. Um, Front squat? Uh, no, back squat. Um, I, go, I go a little lower than you. So <laughs> Yeah, you go lower than me. I've seen Sean squat. He stops just below parallel. I get there, man. I get there. If I only could bend my ankles more. <laughs> I go all the way to the bottom. I just, so anyway, it's, I'm just messing with you. Um, but yeah, so that's, I think my squat PR, front squat PR, that's a really good question. Because um, I don't even actually know what my front squat PR is. I, I probably have to think about it for a while. I know it's not 300. I'm almost certain I've never done 300. I'd probably say around the 275, 285. If we're talking structural balance, the general rule of thumb is your front squat should be about 80% of your back squat. Yeah. Yeah. And the numbers I've seen are I actually did my notes to co cover today is about 90%. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the front squat definitely needs to be worked on uh, for most basketball players, but let's do a quick, 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 quick uh, overview of what we touched on last week. So um, let's see. So we talked about <clears throat> the squat 
Okay, we talked about why you need to squat as a basketball player. Um, we know from a lot of research um, that full squats, okay, increase your vertical jump. Now, I said last week, one of my favorite quotes is full squat is redundant. I think a squat should be a full squat, should go all the way down. Um, but if we look at this study, this Bloomquist study, um, training to the deep barbell back squat led to an increase in vertical jump height of 13% compared to only 7% in the partial squat group. So if you squat like Phil, you'll have twice as many gains as if you squat like Sean. No, I'm just, I'm again, just playing. Um, <laughs> but we definitely, there are times for, uh, for different squatting. And we're going to go into actually a lot of the anthropomorphics and, and why um, Sean squats the way he does. Um, he's also had some pretty, pretty gnarly knee injuries. So um, the fact that he can even do what he is doing is, is a testament to his dedication, to his drive, to his hard work, um, and to his training uh, program. So thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, full squats train the lower back for stability, building a more athletic body, um, safer for the spine. We could keep going. They build healthier knees. How many basketball players have knee injuries, whether it's an ACL, a meniscus, everything just gets ripped apart. Um, uh, man, one of the guys in the, one of the, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie in the NBA just tore his ACL last week. He's done for the season. So knee problems, knee injuries happen. Some accidents are just unavoidable, but we can build much more indestructible knees if we squat all the way down. Um, it talks about uh, knee wrapping. Does it talk about it in here? It doesn't, but anyway, um, you, you're, you're, you're essentially creating a stronger joint, much uh, more integrity. Um, so yeah, uh, it improves your sprint speed, um, jumping um, when you squat full to depth uh, and it actually improves your flexibility. Um, if we look at this uh, guy, we covered the angles of the shin and the torso. They should pretty much be parallel lines. Now this is a front squat. Um, if the bar were on his back, um, this angle can be even higher sometimes, um, but we definitely want to at least break parallel. You can see this is a 75 degree angle. Um, uh, typically with the bottom of the squat, what I like to see is the hamstrings covering the calf, okay? Um, we talked about, uh, I brought this up in terms of, so one of the biggest things I, I get you know, pinged on from basketball players is why do I have to squat all the way down when I don't squat all the way down before I'm jumping up for a rebound or a dunk or a block shot? Um, the reasons are, are, I mean, they're vast. There's a lot of reasons. We're not going to go into all of them. But one way I do help people and do want athletes and basketball players specifically to see that they can increase that top end uh, range of motion in a squat and it will, will help the vertical jump is by just doing these these top end quarter squats, or we call them inertia squats. Um, but if you think about the squat, <clears throat> the squat is an extension exercise. So it's, uh, it's an ascending strength curve. Now, all that means is that it's more difficult at the bottom than it is on the top. So as you go through the, the range of motion, you actually feel stronger. You don't get stronger, but the, the exercise becomes easier because of physics. So, um, for that reason, at the top of a squat, we can really load up the bar. And we can really throw a lot of weight on it. And we can um, just really work on that angle of the hip and knee where is about the bottom of when we're jumping up for our, our max vertical jump. So, so we covered that. And then the last thing we wanted, I wanted to talk about here is 
we talked about this um, this literature from October 2016, the importance of muscular strength and athletic performance. And the thing I want to show you guys is the greater muscular strength is associated with enhanced force time characteristics. So the stronger you are, the more you'll be able to have a higher rate of force development, meaning you'll be able to apply a force faster. Um, general sports skill performance, like jumping, sprinting, and change of direction, and specific sport skills uh, performance. Uh, but greater muscular strength is also associated with enhanced potentiation effects and decreased injury rates. Why do you need to squat as a basketball player? Because you want all of those things. <laughs> you want to be able to apply a force and apply it more quickly. You'll move faster when in your first steps. You'll move faster laterally, side to side. Um, you'll move faster jumping up. Uh, you want to be faster sprinting. You want to be faster change of direction. You want to jump higher. And yes, you want to have lower injury rates. So that's why we need to squat. And that's why we need to improve the pattern. And that's why we need to get strong in the pattern. The last thing I want to talk about that we went over last week is how strong do we need to squat? And how strong do you need to be as a basketball player? Um, they've shown in the, in the research that when you change direction and male basketball players change direction about a thousand times a game, female basketball players about 600 times a game. When you change direction, the amount of force that's going through your body is equivalent to about two times your body weight. So um, I think you should get very comfortable with putting twice the amount of your body weight on that bar and squatting with it. If you're 100 kilos, that means we're squatting with 200 kilos. Maybe not right away we're squatting all the way to the bottom, but like you saw in my quarter squats, uh, I, what was on the bar? Five, so it was 495 pounds. So it was, it was well over half uh, or twice my body weight. Um, and I'm prepping my, my soft tissue first. I'm prepping the, the connective tissue, the ligaments and the tendons. Then uh, the muscles will get stronger and adapt. But over time, we could hopefully ideally lower that bar so we're going half and then potentially full. Um, but we need to be able to um, manipulate and, and, uh, and move twice our body weight to improve our change of direction speed. So. Having said all that and reviewing really quick, Sean, can you please get us into uh, the, you know, the different types of squats and their biomechanical differences? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when we're talking different kinds of squats, uh, four main squats come to my mind. Um, that's mostly with bar position and leg position. Um, so I'm looking at the most common one I see, um, most people know is like the high bar back squat with the bars right across the traps. Um, the next most common, or not really most common, next one I um, differentiate is like a low bar back squat yep. where that bar sits kind of in this groove of the rhomboids. You see that lift at a lot more of the competitive power lifters. Yep. Um, it's going to force you to drop your chest a bit more. It's going to put more stretch on the posterior of your chain. So you're getting a little bit more glutes out of that as opposed to an upright torso in the high bar back squat or the next one, the front squat, which um, you showed us a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then also I like to consider a split squat as one of the major squat variations. And then you have different squat variations within each of those major squat patterns. So we can do uh, narrow stance squats, neutral stance squats, and wide stance squats for almost any of those um, with the high bar, low bar, or front squat. Um, mostly with the high bar, low bar, you'll get that sumo variation. Uh, split, split squat is where you're going to have your feet separated. 
Uh, and then front squat, obviously not very common to do a split front squat. I've seen it before. I've done it before, maybe out of like a rear foot elevated or Bulgarian. Um, major differences that it's, it's the torso angle. The yeah. torso position is going to dictate where the load is for your legs. So if my spine is totally upright and I'm bending down, well, your spine's linked to your butt. So if your spine is right over your butt, you're probably not getting much of your hips working. So that front squat where your torso is more upright, you're going to get a lot more quad activation, a lot more ankle bending. Um, next to that, so front squats here, next would be that high bar back squat. It's not quite on the front. It's a little bit high. It's on your back. It's still pretty high. So the angles are a little bit more favored towards the posterior chain, but still a very dominant anterior chain emphasis. Next, we have that low bar back squat, like I showed you. That bar has to sit low on your rhomboids. I can't just be upright with that. I have to bend over to give the bar a shelf. So that's going to put my torso at an even lower angle. And so with this continuing bending, uh, looks more like a deadlift. So I'm getting more stretch on the glutes, hands. I'm stretching more of that posterior chain. Mm -hmm. And then split squat, got to have it because that's our unilateral squat. We walk, we run on one foot. So it's imperative that we train unilaterally or one-legged. Um, that helps eliminate deficiencies, but it also helps train the hip in a different manner. As I have one foot extended, I'm loading up one foot, the hip rocks side to side, whereas if my feet are even, I don't get the same side to side rocking. So splitting the feet helps challenge the hips in a much different way, very essential for uh, sport athletes, uh, in my opinion. Um, so those are the different major squats. I mean, within those, you have pause squats, eccentric, concentric squats, pin squats. We got the box squats. We can squat with different implements like bands and chains. You can also use your dumbbell, kettlebell, barbell, um, or whatever implements you like. So there's a ton of variations that split off of those, what I would consider four major squat patterns. Um, some might consider a step up kind of a squat or like a single leg squat or a pistol squat. Um, but there's a lot of different ways you can use and those can all be tweaked to, to fine tune what you're after. But the high bar, front squat, low bar and split squat are probably the, the basics of it. And then along the squats, um, we talked about this a little bit last time, but squatting for your biomechanics. I don't know if any of you guys have seen LeBron James's squat video. Have you seen that, Phil? No. Keep Google, see if I can Google find LeBron James squat. To me, it's the most atrocious thing I've ever seen. From, a, from the potentially the highest level player basketball in existence, currently his squat makes me cringe. But there's probably some good reason for that, that we don't understand um, from our, our position here. So one thing I want to talk about is anatomy and how your anatomy plays into your squat. There is a level of, um, a discipline of research called forensic anthropology. This is how you identify bones where there's, where there's, oh, you want to see it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I found this, this thing. I don't know what it is. I watched one second and I already don't know. This, this is LeBron James' strength coach and him squatting. So extremely wide. Crazy anterior tilt. Crazy anterior tilt. Only a quarter of the way. So I, I can't speak to the specifications of the squat. Maybe he's doing a quarter squat. Maybe he's got him arching on purpose. Maybe there's something going on with there. But from an outside perspective looking in, I, I hate speculating. But yeah, <laughs> it looks pretty atrocious. Um, yeah, but that so that kind of leads into, into this forensic anthropology situation where um, – depending on uh, so forensic anthropology, like I was saying, is understanding and identifying uh, bones and their country of origin without any hair, skin, or anything, so they've been burned or whatever. So people from different regions of the world have different bone shapes, and those bone shapes play into your movement and function. 
And so the easiest way to think about that is what they separate it is like the Western European and the Eastern European uh, body types. And what ends up happening is the Western Europeans, like on the UK, Scots are, are, are infamous for this, but they have very deep hip sockets and they're, they're not really angled. They're, they're at a really like extreme angle and they sit really deep into this socket, which makes them really, really, really good at rotating. And it makes sense because Scott has, Scotland has a lot of hills, uh, very famous for golf, but because they're such strong rotators and that socket is so deep, they're very poor flexors through the front of the hip what ends up happening is the front of your thigh bone your femur ends up hitting the top of your pelvis or that acetabulum and so when you're getting into a deep squat you get this like uh anterior femoral impingement and it actually limits your squat depth biomechanically from the hip what then happens is the posterior chain or the back and spine segmentation tends to take the majority of that load to accomplish the full depth lift so full depth lift. So that's where you're seeing the butt wink. And when that pelvis tucks under yeah. and they get that rounding in their low back, it's because their hips anatomy isn't yet ready to squat at that full depth. Um, and then conversely, some of the Eastern Europeans, like uh, Polish, Yugoslavia, Croatia, in that Eastern European, uh, Ukraine, uh, and Russian weightlifters are historically some of the best lifters in the world yeah. because they have a much shallower hip socket and their hip socket is at a much different angle scotland being here and western europeans being here versus eastern european being a much less angle and further away from the hip socket they call this a dalmatian hip as opposed to a scottish hip and mm -hmm. that dalmatian hip allows much more movement much more range of motion and much more power coming out of the bottom plane uh, out of the bottom of the squat. So we call these really good sagittal plane movers or frontal plane movers. So those type of athletes are better squatters, better sprinters, as opposed to the deeper hip socket athletes, which are better rotators um, and lateral uh, sliders. Right, which is so good these, for basketball. Really good for basketball, right? Really good. For, so some of your defensive guys that have really strong lateral movement might have the advantage of this hip in, um, musculature and anatomy. Right. Um, so what this says is, can you deep squat and can you deep squat safely? And so it's important to know where your deep squat starts to adjust in the back. And so if I go down, go down, go down, hips, ankles, everything looks good, but I get to a point where now I'm start rounding out my back or I get this butt wink where my hips come under me, that might tell us either your ankles or your pelvis isn't quite ready to kind of hit those angles yet. So we'd want to find flexibility through the ankles. We want to find uh, more stiffness through the trunk or um, maybe just adjust your squat like I have. I know that I can't get down there safely. It starts to hurt my back when I get too low. So Phil was joking that my squats are, I get to about parallel. Um, and that's kind of where I end up. So squat depth and your anatomy uh, are individualized per person. So knowing that or, or, or recording yourself, get someone to see you record it, watch it after, uh, have one of us look at it. Um, but there's a much importance on understanding your body for how you squat. Yeah, and it's really important. And we we disagreed on this last week. I'm I I am okay with the butt wink. I actually encourage it. You know, at the bottom, I think it's a a, a very healthy thing um, to be strong in that you know position. Um, and you really kind of frown upon it with your clients. And and you know, we both have success. Um, 
Uh, one way to, to avoid that, if you are feeling back pain, what I'd like to do is just elevate the person's heels. Um, and in our gym, we have, uh, they're called solo wedges, um, but they are just little, little ramps and they make them in different increment, uh, increments of 10, 20, 30 degrees, um, depending on your lack of flexibility and mobility. Um, but when you elevate the heels, you basically allow the body to not have to dorsiflex or bend at the ankle as much. Uh, and it keeps your torso more upright. So it'll, it'll prevent that back uh, from doing what Sean's talking about. Um, Sean, I pulled this up for you. I thought you would you would uh, like to use the- Oh, beautiful. The illustration. Um, so you can you can kind of talk about there's- you know, So that left picture, that far left picture, the left femur there is yeah. the shallow squatter. That's the deep, deep hip socket. And you see the angle of the head of the femur there on the right side of that yeah. femur. So the one next to it is a That's much more different. angled, much more shallow. Yeah. If you could get a better view of the actual pelvis on even further right on that photo, you can see the pelvis depth. The acetabulum is the hole, the socket in the pelvis. It's actually shallower or deeper. And then that bottom picture is a better angle of the femoral head right there and shows how it fits into the socket. Yeah, um, it's so it's to think this going inside of this hip how different that's going to make your squat feel. So a lot of those Eastern Europeans, you can see them just throw their hands up over their head and sit straight down on their heels yeah. with no limitations. Really, if I put my hands over head, I can get about three inches down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's real life. Point. Um, Phil, can we move on? I want to talk about that pelvic position. Yeah. Um, just after seeing LeBron James's pelvis. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm really diligent on and one thing I'm really strict on as a coach, one thing I like to build in my athletes is pillar strength or core strength. Uh, stiffness and stability to the core is paramount. I consider the pelvis as an extension of your core, so your hips. So you think of like Saturday Night Fever, you got John Travolta doing his like pelvic, you know, pelvic tucking and rocking at the hips or like what Elvis used to do, which was really uh, controversial at the time. But that anterior, I'm going to stand up and show you guys this, but that that pelvic position makes a great difference in your squat. So if I'm in here, so if I'm here and I'm arched like this through my back, that's putting more stretch on the hamstrings and the posterior chain muscles because I've angled, I've angled this anchor point. And at that point, I'm actually gonna be giving myself artificial stiffness and uh, lack of flexibility. So yeah. if you notice you have that crazy back arch, you're gonna feel the back of the hamstrings and some of the groin muscles pull first before you can get down so what i like to coach is a a very neutral trunk position where i'm aligning the bottom of my rib cage right over the top of my hip bones here and i want to make sure they're stacked on top of each other um, and not one is over the other or one is under the other i want them to be in this pillar like a soda can and that's going to align my hips in a better position to get uninhibited squat pattern it's also more neutral position for the pelvis um, and it doesn't change the anchor point because your hips need to be neutral they need to be neutral so the way we do this is we stand up tall we get nice and relaxed i squeeze my butt cheeks my butt cheeks neutralize my pelvis think of your pelvis like a bowl of water right and so if i'm squatting and i'm dumping water out the front of my bowl i'm probably gonna have a lot of tightness in the low back restricted depth if i'm dumping water out the back of my bowl with a rounded squat posture, I'm at risk of herniating a disc or damaging my spine. So what we wanna do is squat with a very neutral pelvis. 
squeeze your butt cheeks to neutralize your pelvis. And then once you squeeze your butt cheeks, then brace the abs like you're blowing out birthday candles or breathing into a balloon and then hold that abdominal bracing to keep the pelvis neutral and then squat out of that neutral pelvis position. Yep. And then um, one trick, uh, if you do find yourself in a rounded back position and you're squatting and you have that low back arch, if you get that squat bar and you pull the bar down onto your body to activate your lats, your lat muscles, these big muscles right here, actually, um, actually insert down here on the bottom of your, that's the lumbodorsal fascia. So it's that the bottom of your pelvis your lats go into that. And so if you pull the bar down, you can actually create a little bit more neutrality instead of being in that rounded out posterior chain. I'm basically squeezing the muscle to pull up on my pelvis to make me more neutral. Um, can we that's... talk about that for a second, about, about actual position of the squat? I, I, and I'll start if you don't mind, and then, and then feel free to jump in. But mm -hmm. when I have people squat, there's a, there's a few different things that I'm looking for. Um, one is Typically with the, with the basketball players, we do high bar back squats. We don't do anything low bar. Um, and so, um, and we're not going to go into that today, but so that bone on the back of your neck, just below that bone is where we want that bar to rest. Basically on the, the meaty part of your upper back on your traps, ideally the elbows are under the bar. Um, when the elbows are under the bar, that's going to help to dictate where the chest is, which is going to help to keep your spine neutral. When you start to do this, uh, two things happen. One, your, your lats aren't engaged. So you want to drive your shoulder blades down, squeeze your shoulder blades together. That lifts up that first rib angle and, that, and your elbows stay under the bar. Now you're going to have a much more neutral spine and it's going to protect you. It's going to keep you safe and all these things. Um, so that's one, more than one thing. That's you know, a handful of things already. So bar just below the, that bone on the back of your neck, which is your, your C7 vertebrae. It's the lowest vertebrae in your neck. Um, uh, elbows directly under the bar, just like Sean just said. Pull your shoulder blades down and engage your lats. That's going to give you more stiffness. It's going to create more uh, stability for your spine, protect, prevent injury, things like that. Um, and one of the biggest things, uh, and then you go, Sean, is you need to initiate... Um, bending the knees and the hips at the same time. Everybody on Instagram, you just saw LeBron do it too. Um, they always push their hips back. The deadlift is a hip dominant movement, not the squat. The squat is a knee dominant movement. The knees should be bending and you should just be dropping straight down uh, to the ground, straight down to the floor, uh, straight down to your feet, like Sean likes to say. Um, we go as low as we can, ideally all the way to the floor. Um, uh, at the bottom, your, uh, your hamstrings are covering your calf muscles. Your calves are completely covered with the back of your thighs. Uh, your, th your, your elbows are still directly under the bar, okay? And then we're driving up. I've heard coaches talk about uh, pretend someone's pushing down uh, on your, your waist, on your back, and you push that up, and that'll give you more power because it will use more hip musculature. Um, I like to say leg press the floor away. Most basketball players have been on a Love leg that. press machine. So we're used to doing that. So pretend you're on a leg press machine and just leg press the earth, just leg press the earth away from you. Um, and then one thing to bring in more hip musculature, I've heard coaches say it's good. I've heard coaches say it's bad is to spread the floor. So if these are my feet, I obviously I'm standing on them so they're not gonna move, but I'm trying to do this with my feet. I'm trying to spread the floor 
and that will help to keep your knees out over your toes um, because your feet should be at a five to 10 degree angle, not parallel. And it will recruit more of your glutes, more of your hip musculature. Um, so those are some setup cues and those are some things you should be looking for in your squat. Sean, go ahead. Um, to add on to your point there, Phil, spreading the floor, I love that cue. If you imagine trying to rip the ground underneath your feet, another good cue I like for that is screwing your heels into the floor. So I'm down and I'm locking that screw in. I'm cranking down to get that external rotation, that stability through the hip. So spreading the floor, or you can imagine like your feet are on two paper towels and you're trying to break the paper towel or paper or whatever you got there. Yeah. Um, but getting the hips turned on, activating the stabilizer muscles to create tension in the hip socket first so that you can use your glutes and quads uh, and dominant primary movers as primary movers and not stabilizers. Yeah. Um, if you guys are familiar with Kelly Starrett, he had that book a few years back called um, Becoming a Supple Leopard. And he talks about tension hunting. And the idea is to create your own tension, internal tension, like core bracing, I'm bracing at the hips, I'm bracing at the shoulders, I'm creating an internal tension so that my body doesn't have to search for tension before producing force. Because you need, you ever heard the adage, uh, you can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe because the properties are opposite each other. You need stiffness and stability to produce force against. Yeah. Um, so creating that from the trunk, from the hips and from the shoulder before doing any lift will give you more uh, force production out of your prime movers um, and a much more solid lift and a much safer lift. So you're not tweaking your low back because your core wasn't on. You're not, you know, popping a, a small glute muscle because you didn't have your hip musculature stabilized first. Mm -hmm. um, so creating that tension internally and then using that as a brace and as a backbone is going to be really crucial. One thing I did want to mention, though, if you saw LeBron's um, hip and how he has that really arched low back, yeah. if your squat already looks like that, and then you also pull down on the bar, you're actually doubling up that anterior poor pelvic position. So if your squat is already neutral or you find yourself in a posterior tilt, like a rounded low back, yes, go ahead and grab that bar. But if you're already hyperextended, you popped your chest out, your back is really curvy. I don't recommend pulling the bar down because you're going to increase that anterior arched pelvic position. And like we said earlier, that's going to reduce um, some of your flexibility and it's going to change some of your uh, joint angle characteristics. So keep that in mind, guys, if you're having trouble staying neutral or if you are rounded, then yes. Um, I love the key with that C7 vertebrae fill. It's awesome. And then um, hand width makes a big difference, especially for me. Um, I like to grip the bar as close as I can hand wise that my shoulders will allow some of you guys have really tight pecs. And so we need a much more relaxed arm position. But again, with this whole concept of creating stability and internal force, the closer I get my hands, the more shelf I can create with my back, my shoulder blades, um, and a stiffness through the upper back and my trunk. So I, I like to squat really close. If you're looking at a barbell, I almost align the, um, the inner part of my hand here right where the smooth part meets the rough part and i'm i'm trying to get a real nice tight tight close grip like phil said my elbows aren't back they're right up and under um for for that ideal shelf position yeah so let's take about two minutes it's about all we have left and, and let's talk about progressions and, and and we can we can talk about this but but uh we got to be fairly quick so yes uh the we talked about um uh, split squats or Sean talked about split squats. Um, a lot of 
you that are watching probably lack the mobility to get to a full range of motion. Um, uh, I, I very rarely start uh, any clients with a with a back squat with a barbell on their back. I get them strong unilaterally or in a single leg. Um, and again, because you don't have the mobility to go all the way down, um, using uh, an elevation on your front foot will help. So here I am working with, uh, with pro player Scott, and you'll see like at the very bottom position, that looks like, oops, that looks like a very good angle of what a low squat would be like. His hamstrings cover in his calf. There's full uh, dorsiflexion at the ankle. His hip is below his knee. And we're gonna get him stronger and get you stronger on one leg before then progressing to a full back squat. So I, I'll spend two to four, maybe longer weeks um, working on split squats, going from your front foot elevated, then to a flat ground. So there's no elevation on the front foot. Uh, and then <clears throat> we may talk about back squats. From there, if we have to elevate the heels, that's fine. Um, and then we can start going with the different um, variations. Uh, we, can, we can move into front squats. Um, if we're close to the season and we're now six, eight, 10 weeks in, we can start adding chains and bands and getting a little more uh, aggressive and a little more dynamic. Um, but that's a very, very brief uh, kind of progression uh, model that I would use. Go ahead, Sean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, um, it's funny guys. Actually, I've seen those uh, split squats before, but after working with Phil now for a while, that's my favorite like single leg exercise is that front foot elevated, very belly button traveling forward towards your heel. Yeah. Uh, it mimics, it mimics athletic patterns more than any other split squat that I've seen. Um, we're getting that ankle bend. We're getting that opposite side hip flexor stretch, which is really important for our running stride. Um, and then we're getting a really good, like he mentioned, a really good mimic of that deep squat pattern where I'm at that calf smashing hamstring um, and my, you know, folding in my hands, uh, a nice deep squat. I call it a ham sandwich. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Phil, like right here, that right. ham sandwich. It's my cue for like the, um, yep. Uh, that's my cue for that. So my first progression usually with a bilateral squat is a goblet squat or a dumbbell squat here. It's a front loaded squat that more mimics the front squat. The reason I like that is because it gets the core more involved right away. So it builds that internal core stiffness because if I, if I'm not tight, I can't maintain that position. I lose my posture. I round and I fall forward. Just like having a bar on your shoulders. If you can't stay upright, you're going to lose the bar and the exercise is worthless. So I usually start for my bilateral squats is a front loaded goblet squat. I try and build up the wrist and elbow flexibility while we're doing the goblet squats so we can transition to a front squat. There's other versions to do like front squats with, um, right. but then I'll go into, um, then I'll go into like different box squats with a bar. I usually put a target um, so that they have comfortability and that we're building that pattern. And then I get, I take the box away so they can kind of see I like an even break at the hips and the knees, same as Phil does. Um, but I, again, I like that split squat and I like a goblet squat for your first two to kind of feel it out. Get really, 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 really good at those guys. There's a lot of progressions you can make in just those two movements yeah. um, before moving on. It should never be the first thing you do is throw a bar on your back. It's, it's the easiest exercise to get away with doing everything wrong. Um, and it's they're, what they're most people do first. Most people, they're like, okay, what are we doing in the weight room? I'm a basketball player. Okay, let's throw a bar on my back. Coaches yeah. do the same thing. We're going to go, we're going to back squat today. It's like, what the hell, dude? This guy doesn't even know how to split squat his body weight. <laughs> it's the easiest to mess up because your body will compensate it the most. It, it's, 
you're used to a backpack, you're used to rolling your shoulders forward, maybe rounding out, you're used to a leg press, it feels familiar, but posturally, it's it's the easiest to jack yourself up with right away. So stick to the front loaded, stick to the unilateral, um, have someone watch your squat or send a video or, or look up some video techniques on back squats and if you're ready for it. But make sure you have good pecs, flexible, make sure you have flexible ankles and flexible hips. Yeah. That's great stuff, man. Hey, we gotta, we gotta cut it, but, um, Sean, I really appreciate it. How can people reach out to you and find you on the internet? Oh, uh, thanks for mentioning that. I just launched my website, uh, Sean does strength.com. Uh, it's also my Instagram handle, Sean does strength with hyphens under each word. Um, but I just launched that. So I'm gonna try and put some information out there. I've written some blogs already for it. Uh, I'll be posting up these videos, hopefully up there soon. And then, um, just trying to find ways to connect to people, change some lives. That's awesome. Yep. Sean does strength on Instagram. Sean does strength on the website or on the internet. Um, and then, uh, yeah, for me, reach out, get part strength, uh, Facebook, as well as getpartstrength.com. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, we hope that you come check us out at elite training for basketball, uh, inside Facebook, inside the group. That's the only place that this show happens live. Uh, and there's a ton of other content that we share in there that is going really good uh, right now. And actually, we are just blowing up. We were up 100 people just this week. We're almost to 500 members now. We're, we're pushing 480. So I'm um, really excited. Yes, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for all your support. Thank you for everybody watching this. We appreciate it. Yep. So until next week, we'll see you. Go squat strong and uh, improve that vertical jump. Get a bigger contract. And uh, we'll see you next time. Later, guys. Take care. Woo! <laughs>